It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT, hour number two. So excited to introduce our newest sponsor, Five Iron Golf, the premier indoor golf facility that recently opened in Area 15. Thanks to Kenny, partnering with our show. He's the man. He goes far above and beyond to make you feel right at home. When I go down there, I love it. It blows away anything in town. If you like golf, if you like cold beer, if you want to hang out and watch games and play any golf course around the world, it's five iron. They have eight TrackMan golf simulators with cameras in every bay. So it shows your swing from three different angles. So it's really unique what you have in each bay. And you got tables there and chairs and couches so you could order drinks and sit there and play in golf leagues. Full bar, shuffleboard, and they give you the top of the line clubs. What blew me away when I went in there is I saw an area in the back and I went there and they had the best of golf, golf equipment I've ever seen. So you can go into a simulator, they can fit you, and you can buy clubs there. And they're the top-line clubs. So we're not talking about going to a place where you go hit a few golf balls, have some chicken wings, and the equipment stinks, the ball stinks. This is a much newer, different experience. And the beauty of Five Iron is it's for everyone. It's a place for serious golfers or just people that want to hang out, drink, and have a good time with their friends. Right now, they're giving every one of my listeners one free hour on the simulator. you got to go, please go check out the simulator. It's a $65 value. Go check it out. Drop my name and go hit. You know how long an hour is to hit balls and to see all these screens and look at your swing? It's like a golf lesson. Tell them JT sent you. So call now and reserve your spot. It's 5-Iron Golf in Area 15. And if you haven't been to Area 15 yet, Man, that's a great place to go. Uh, there is a sense of urgency in my voice for the Vegas Golden Knights, period. They're at a point now where they have to win. It's an elimination game in Montreal. They didn't play well at home in game five. Most people didn't see that coming. Most people thought that they would win that game just because of the fortress and the ability to win at home, and that was not the case. Not the case at all. So should everybody be concerned? Yeah, but it's not the end of the world. This is a team that has proven before that they could get up off the mat or get off the ice and win a game. And they just won in Montreal. So they just won in this venue. Can they do it again? Hell yeah. So instead of trolling this team and wondering if they can win or not, why not take a chance and get behind them? Why not get behind your team here in Vegas? And let's talk about how they can win and what they can do to win and be a team that could Force a game seven, because I think we all know if they come back here on Saturday night, prime time on the strip, with everybody in the NHL's eyes back in Vegas, Vegas is going to win. But you can't play game seven unless you win game six. You've all been there in baseball with your favorite team. The NBA, the problem is hockey, it's just tougher. It's just tougher because there could be some puck luck, which this team has not had. And they need some of it now. They need some of it now in the worst way. And that's why we're bringing in Dave Gocher, uh, Golden Knights TV voice. And Dave, you know, I think they could win. I'm not trolling the team. I'm here for support. 
But, man, we've taken this right up to the cliff now, and now a must-win in Montreal. What happened last night at the Fortress? Well, I think, JT, uh, unfortunately, probably more of the same, right, in that, uh, you know, at, at this point of the year, you need your big guys to lead the way. And, you know, the Golden Knights have had trouble getting anything out of their top six, and that narrative kind of continued. Uh, their power plays continue to, to not have any success uh, in this series, and I think only four for 41 in the playoffs. So, um, And playing from behind doesn't help. You know, I, I think I, the, the, the stat I read today was the Canadians, they, they scored two, and uh, that's all it takes. I think they're, what are they now, uh, in the playoffs, 10-0 uh, and 0 or something along those lines when they score two. Um, so all those things added up to, I think, a frustrating night. At the Fortress, uh, you know, if you look at it, the three youngest players on um, on the Canadians all scored last night in Caulfield, Kakaniemi, and Suzuki. And then uh, one of their oldest in Eric Stahl, they got contributions kind of up and down the lineup. So uh, that narrative's going to have to change for the Golden Knights, JT, in my mind, if they're going to be fortunate enough to, to even force a Game 7. They need the usual suspects. I know Patrick already broke through last night, but, you know, he, Mark Stone, I know Chandler Stevenson got back from injury. The Misfits line, uh, you need them to have a bigger series than they've had so far. Dave Gosher joins us, Golden Knights TV boys. Dave, it looks to me also like they're gassed. What can you tell us about the conditioning? We know how good this team is, how many great athletes they have. We know Martinez has been playing hurt. Pacioretty came off the injury, but a lot of ice time. It just looks like Stone is exhausted when he finishes the shift. I don't see the burst from Marcia show in this series that I saw in the last series, or is it just coaching where Montreal is backing in with their big defense and just stopping the Golden Knights at the red line, let alone the blue line? Yeah, I think that's probably all part of the mix, JT. I mean, I, I, if you think about it, the Golden Knights, had a, you know, they get, they get forced to the, the limit uh, against Minnesota, uh, went 7-1. and one. They had a very grueling series against Colorado. They yes. win that in six. But, hey, that being said, you know, this, these are the games you want to be in. You know, you want to be playing at this time of year, um, you know, two wins away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, if they are fatigued, and I agree with you, they didn't seem really to have much jump in their game uh, last night. didn't think they had a ton of jump in their game in game four, but managed to find a way to win on, on the Nick Waugh goal in overtime. Um, yeah, are guys playing hurt? Sure they are. But there's guys on the Canadians that are playing hurt as well. And you've got a Montreal team that rallied from 3-1 down to, to beat the Leafs, swept um, Winnipeg in the next round, so had themselves a little bit more of a breather to get ready for this, this third-round series. But uh, and, and to your point, I, I think that they are very structured defensively. And it's kind of like you know a lot of the Canadian teams of years past. They, they don't need a lot of chances to score. You know, they're opportunistic. And they were last night if you look at – you know, uh, the, the Mark Stone turnover for one of the goals, uh, you know, kind of a breakdown on the rebound for the for the first goal. They don't need a lot of chances. They don't need a lot of space. And, it's, uh, you know, from the Golden Knights, you've got to hope whatever whatever energy, whatever juice they can find, they can, uh, you know, they can find it between now and tomorrow night. Dave Gocher joins us, part of the Knights' award-winning broadcast team, best in the business. Dave, I watched the first period of uh, Tampa Bay against the Islanders when they won 8 nothing, You want to talk about pop and speed. You watched it. And how many bodies did they have in front of the goaltender? It, it just seemed like that was the game plan that I wanted to see from Vegas. Just more traffic in front of Price, more shots from the point. I mean, Petrangelo can shoot from the point. There are guys who can get their shot off there. 
I'm seeing the extra pass, and it doesn't work out here. So philosophy in this game, storm the front of the net, get guys like Tuck, a greasy goal. How do you get Carlson going here? Because, again, I want to see the speed again. Can they get the speed back after traveling to Montreal, having a light day or a mediocre day, practicing, and then being fresh and having pop going into that building? Yeah, I hope so, right? And I think your point of uh, usually when you struggle to score, and they have in this series, say for, I guess, you know, game one, um, usually the recipe is traffic, pucks, people to the net. Um, I'll come back to it again, JT. If you're going to struggle to score, your power play has to be a difference maker in these games. Unfortunately, it hasn't been. The other thing I've noticed, and I, you know, having, you know, kind of covering the other series right now, doing some, some radio work uh, out east. But I've noticed a lot of missed nets from the Golden Knights. Now, I wonder if that is Carey Price has the ability to get on a roll and get in your head. And are they, are they trying to put too fine a point on it? You know, are they trying to, as opposed to just make him make saves at least, um, as right. opposed to missing the net? So I think that's probably all fair, all in the mix um, for the Golden Knights. Now, that being said, look, they've done a lot of good things here in the playoffs. They have been a very resilient team. You know, you go back to they lost the first game against Minnesota in overtime, and, you know, people thought the sky was falling. They get down 2 nothing to Colorado. And uh, what was the line Pete DeBoer had? People were jumping off the, the raft with life jackets on, and they won four straight. So, hey, the good news is they're still very much in this series, and they're one win away from forcing and deciding game seven at home. But a lot of work to be done tomorrow night in Montreal, to say the least. All right, Dave, as we wrap it up, uh, the goaltender issue is a big one because Leonard played well. I don't think Flower has been super sharp. He's had moments, and it's a do-or-die game. And you know the media up there in Montreal, and they're playing into this as they're fans of Flower, and Leonard's handled everything perfectly. Is this much of a story internationally or just a story here in Vegas? Well, no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fair game, right? I mean, you've got, um, you've got two guys that are legitimate number ones. Leonard, I thought, was the reason they won game four. Yeah, I, I was convinced he was going to play last night. So that shows you how much I know, which isn't much. Um, you know, so now that's the question. Who plays tomorrow night? Um, so there's two schools of thought. One is Leonard played so good on the road in game four, do you throw him back in there? Um, and, and does he deserve to get the start? Or is the other side of that coin, the reason you're in this spot to begin with is because Marc-Andre Fleury has carried the load basically all season long, or at least the majority of the load all year long. So um, if it was me, my guess is they might turn back to Leonard. But, again, I thought he was going to play last night, and, and that didn't turn out to be the case. I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have if you're yeah. Pete DeBoer, uh, to say the least. But, yeah, I mean, that is uh, – and I do think as much discussion as it gets, and it's understandably so, I think they feel pretty comfortable with whoever they decide to put in there. Hey, Dave, last one, quick one here. I mean, they do have a better roster. I know I'm reaching here. They're, they haven't played well. I think Montreal has played better in the series, obviously. But I, I tweeted this out, and I meant it. If you look at the money, the players who are high-profile players in Vegas, the youth of Montreal, can't DeBoer look at the quality of this roster? They're a better roster, not playing well in the series and hope that the roster lights a fire and gets going because there's just too many good players to be held back and held down for this long in a series. Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, we've kind of had the conversation out east in this other series. If you put the, the roster of Tampa Bay side to side against the Islanders, no disrespect, but Tampa Bay is a better team. If you put the rosters of the Golden Knights and the Canadians side by side, Vegas is a better team. But it doesn't, 
it's not always about that, right? It, it, you know, there's certain intangibles. I think if you're the Canadians now, I don't know if they think that they're playing with house money because they had to come back for 3-1 down against the Leafs, but probably to a certain extent. And now they're just they're on one of these rolls that, um, you know, they're hoping they're – I don't know if they think of themselves as a Cinderella story, but – lowest uh, team in terms of points to even make the playoffs. And now here they are one win away, you know, a chance on home ice to clinch a a spot. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's not always about the names on the roster. It's how those names play in these games. And from the Golden Knights standpoint, they have so many good players and high end players and you have to hope they step to the forefront tomorrow night. Hope so. Always appreciate your time, Dave. All the best. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you bet. JT. Take care. Dave Gosher. Appreciate him coming on the TV voice. Of the Golden Knights. I'm going balls out on the Golden Knights. I am. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not apologizing. That's what I do. I'm doing a talk show. And this is the talk of the town in Vegas where I live. And we got to get this team going. And I feel good about the game. But most of the city doesn't. I think anybody who went to the game last night walked out of there just in shock. I had a buddy of mine come in from San Diego. It was the first time he ever went to T-Mobile for anything. And he went to the game. And he was so excited. And he couldn't believe he could not believe how dead it was at times. I said, "Well, that's what happens when you lose four to one. A place is not going to be on edge the entire game." But this is this is now time for Vegas to show the roster to show to this fan base, the medieval maniacs, that they can do it again. If this was not a good team, if this was Montreal uh, down in the series three to two, I think Montreal fans would be saying. Look, we weren't very good this year. We were average. We came this far. If we don't win, it's no big deal. Not the case here. This team's a heavy favorite. They're supposed to win. They've got to win, but it's hockey. I wish it was the NBA because I can tell you with the referees in the NBA, with the referees, and, and balls don't go into the basket in the NBA deflecting off someone. In hockey, you can shoot a puck and it can deflect off someone's skate and get behind the goalie, and that's luck. It's called puck luck. It doesn't happen in the NBA. At all. It doesn't usually happen in the NFL. The best team wins. In the NHL in the playoffs, sometimes the best team loses because they don't have any luck. They're getting penalties, and they're not getting any breaks. And Vegas has gotten some breaks in regards to penalties, but their power play is awful. And that will be a big change for Kelly McCrimmon to find a way to spark this power play. Very disappointing that there's so many skilled offensive players on this team. And Kerry Price, the goalie for Montreal, is very good. There's a lot of guys who have disappeared in this series, and I'd hate to be a few of them. They're all multimillionaires, but they're all getting a lot of pressure. The good news for these players is that this is Vegas. There's only one, one hockey station in town and a couple of guys like me talking hockey. If this was Boston, Philadelphia, New York, Montreal, Toronto, these guys would be getting hammered on the radio, slaughtered on the radio, and here at times it's like a picnic. So if you want to pick up the team, we could do that now. Finally, time for open lines before Albert Hall joins us with the breaking news on NBA Summer League, another big event that's coming to town. 702-365-9200. If you have anything inspirational to say about VGK, when we do that, and then when we come back, we'll get into it, and we'll see what happens here. I'm optimistic, man. I like this team. My sons are home. They're both going off to college. About another two, three weeks of watching hockey at home. I don't want to watch the other stuff, man. I don't want to have to go dive deep, deep, deep into Netflix. I want to keep the sports on here. When we come back, Albert Hall will join us. We'll get an update on NBA Summer League. 
how you can get tickets, who's coming. Also, the NBA draft lottery last night won by Detroit. And it seems like there's a consensus pick on who will go number one. We talk X's and O's because of Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Oh, I love the Remy Martin sidecar. It's the one premium ingredient cocktail I love to order. Order yourself a Remy Martin sidecar. Oh, I love it. Iole, the new award-winning tequila. Great that we have a tequila partner. Iole is from Tequila, Mexico, so you know it's good. Recognizes the birthplace of tequila. Gangsta Raider, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Raider Nation Radio. Hey, thanks, JT. I'm not a um, nice fan. I mean, um, yeah, a Golden Knights fan, but I'm a Kings fan and a Clippers fan and a Raiders fan. Mm -hmm. But I'll be watching the games because I told you I really want the Raiders to be the first team to win in Vegas. But they be having some good games with Golden Knights. You know what I'm saying? And I'm in Phoenix right now because of the Clippers game. I was in Phoenix, right? What happened? Yeah, you're here. Oh, Go ahead. You're in Phoenix. That. Yeah. And um, I'm getting ready to leave from Phoenix. I had to go to Vegas tonight. And I just want to say it's good that uh, we need to appreciate that the world's open back up because I wouldn't be able to do this this time last year. You know what I'm saying? I got my stadium tour coming up this way. I'm feeling good. So I'm just telling everybody we need to appreciate we got sports we can finally go to. We can go do our stadium tours. We can actually go see our, our teams, practice and everything. So just appreciate where we're at in this world because this time last year we couldn't do none of this, and I'm feeling good. And I also wanted to say that um that was a good game. Did you see that um game last night against um, – Absolutely. Phoenix? I clipped Clipper yeah, Darrell you know on after if the game. Was... would have hit his free throws, we'd have won that game. You know what I mean? But I just say I want to appreciate everything because we couldn't have had this, you know, last year, and I just want to say it's good that everything opened back up, and I'm looking forward to my trip out there right now. I'm on my way out good. there right now as we speak. All right, my friend. Drive safe. Be safe. Have a great trip out here. Have a great time on that stadium tour. It's fantastic. I've been doing a lot of events there yesterday. They have the stadium tours going. Everybody loves it. Bill in Vegas, before we get up Albert Hall. Bill, how are you? Go ahead. Oh, Golden Knights are going to do it. We got to fly back to Montreal. This is the toughest thing to win. To fly back to Montreal and play a game after yesterday, it's nothing going from Phoenix to L.A. Man, all those guys have the pressure on them also. Flurries from mm -hmm. uh, Montreal. All those players are from Montreal. They know all those guys. They haven't seen them. This is unprecedented that we had to play an East Coast team to get to the Stanley Cup final. It's one of the toughest finals. If we can win tomorrow night, we need our forwards to start scoring. Mm -hmm. Forget about the defense. Come on, somebody put a goal in instead of off the glass or off the boards. Thank you. I appreciate it. I agree with you 100%. One of the forwards has to bleep and wake up. Marceau, Carlson, Tuck, where are you? Shoot the puck. Shoot the puck often and shoot it into traffic and be there for the rebound. Albert Hall joins us from Hall Pass Media, a big visionary behind the Summer League that returns to Las Vegas August 8th through the 17th, one of the best events in Vegas all summer long, and it's back. Albert, good to talk to you, and welcome back to Vegas. JT, my man. Hey, let first off say 
don't lose the faith. Vegas is going to win the next two games. The Knights are going to the Cup. <laughs> I, I love that. Say. That's the way to start off an interview. I love it. And, you know, I, I really think this is a team with such a great roster that if they were a heavy underdog, if they're all injured, okay, it feels like it's over. Like you, I don't think it's over. Let's jump into Summer League and the pause and COVID and what's happened around the league and especially with your venture here, Summer League, and how excited you are to be back. Hey, we're, we're happy to be back. As you know, as someone who went early on, I mean, this thing has grown and become really a fabric of, of Las Vegas. Uh, you know, sitting out 2020 was a tough, tough pill to swallow for everyone, no doubt about it. Um, but we've heard from our fans. We've heard from the people in the city. We want it back. Uh, we work directly with the league on all kinds of different protocols. And the reality is we're back and we're excited. We went on sale this morning at 10 a.m. The demand is there. People want to smile. They want to see hoops. And let's bring everybody to Vegas. This is a big deal because I remember early on when this was a diamond in the rough but developing so fans could get tickets and they could wait a little bit and figure out their summer schedule. Over the last couple of years, it's been a much tougher ticket. So I want to get that out of the way early. How can everybody get tickets to get on top of this now? Because there are so many parents that are looking for entertainment for their kids in the summer when they're off from school and camps aren't the same as they used to be. This is a place for entertainment for families and especially kids throughout the course of a long day. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. UNLVtickets.com, NBAevents.com. Everything is available right now, as I said. You know, GA tickets, $40 with fees. Kids and, and seniors, $30 with fees. Fees are a, a part of our life now. But, again, mm-hmm. very affordable, up to eight games per day. Uh, so imagine, as you talked about your kids, your families, you're coming out. You can spend 10 hours at the Summer League. No problem whatsoever. Uh, you get to rub elbows with, you know, the brightest stars in the league, the coaches, people that you recognize on television, whatever. Everybody's in that gym enjoying basketball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the interchange between going from Cox to Thomas and Mack is some of, some of the funnest times you'll ever have. Albert Hall joins us all past media. I agree. When my kids were real young youngsters and now they're driving to go to summer league, I always crack up because they were getting to the point where they knew where to hide out. They knew when, you know, someone was walking from Cox to you know, the other side to Thomas and Mack. Hey, man, this is my chance to get an autograph. Plus, you have autograph sessions that go down. And then there's a lot of legends who come and they sit down and talk to the fans. I love the fact that when you see retired players, Hall of Famers, and especially coaches and scouts who are always walking around the building. Oh, no question. Whether it's Pat Riley or Rick Carlisle or whoever it may be, you know, uh, Kevin McHale, we've had, we have everybody there. So mm-hmm. that's the fun part. And then you, you, you fast forward it to, the Valley Oop last night, and I remember a guy oh. like Devin Booker just going, hey, where do I go, man? This is cool. I, this is my first game. I don't really know much. I sit and talk with fans, sign autographs. I mean, those are the stories. And, and, and again, that's a big part of going to Summer League. You want to be that first person who saw this rookie or saw somebody jump off the charts. You know, I always go back to the Lynn Sanity when we're all there to see John Wall and Jeremy Lynn stole the show. They're like, who is this guy? So, I mean, that's the beauty, the allure of Summer League each and every year. And this draft class is loaded between the yeah, top five to... potential game changers in this class, not to mention last year's class. You know, people forget, hey, 2020, we didn't have a Summer League. A lot of those guys will be playing as well. Oh, that's good to hear. Albert Hall joins us. So, again, I just wanted to touch on the draft lottery last night and the fact that these 
kids that are taking top 10, top 20, first rounders, second rounders come to Vegas and we got a chance to see them develop and, and play and get going. So you believe that this is a pretty solid draft class in advance? Without a doubt. I've seen a lot of these kids up close and personal with some of the other work that we do. And I mean, from a, a Jalen Suggs to a Jalen Green is a phenomenal kid. I'm just telling you right now, that place is going to be electric when he plays. Same thing with Kay Cunningham. Evan Mobley's a big-time prospect, big-time player. You know, Scotty Barnes is the, the future of whatever team drafts him from a versatility standpoint. I mean, just go back to Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett the night we had that place just packed and the energy is like no other. You're going to see that on multiple occasions this year with this draft class. Albert Hall, as we wrap it up, NBA Summer League. You know I'm a big proponent. Anybody who's listened to my radio shows, I love this event. It's that important to me. It's a legacy play here in Vegas, and Albert being a big part of this and a visionary with it, get on out to see it. So last night I have Rick Hamla on, who's called games Mm -hmm. in Summer League, and we're doing the play-by-play of the final three minutes. The only problem was I had to go to break at one point because instant replay was taking up the end of that game, but I thought that they got it right. And then Aiton comes out of the timeout, and they run him off a screen and a pick. Can you talk about that Jay Crowder pass and how difficult it is to make that pass with a seven-foot boogie cousin standing in front of you, not hit the side of the backboard, and almost look like the ball was going in the cylinder? Without a doubt. I mean, that's a trick shot from that angle. But yes. you talk about, hey, they're running off the diversion with Cam Johnson on the, on the three on the top of the key. you got the pick from Booker. You've got, you know, obviously the, the, the pass itself and then the finish. You know, it was just – that was beauty to me. I mean, that was just an unbelievable moment. Yeah, there were a lot of stoppages, for, but they did get it right. And at the end of the day, I mean, that was two teams that left it all on the floor. But the execution – a guy like Aiden, you know, hey, we, we had him at Summer League, right? We had Camp We had all these guys there. And just to see that kind of come to fruition and the smile on their face. And, and the how about the Suns fans? I mean, the fans, they deserve this as much as anybody. No doubt. I'll leave you on this. You mentioned Aiden. And, you know, I struggle from time to time watching the league and how it's evolved since we've been kids. And now it's just jack up the three, jack up the three. And I know we have the greatest three-point shooters of all time right now but it's refreshing to watch Aiton play with his back to the basket and if they need a two to get him a two because Albert last night the Clippers had a one-point lead and they came down and they missed back-to-back threes they didn't need threes they didn't need threes at that moment they should have ran a play and you know next thing you know open three I guess everybody thinks they got to make the open three good to see the center play emerging again in the NBA oh no question and again it's the versatility of these big guys you know, James Wiseman is a guy you're likely to see at Summer League. This is the number two pick in the draft. He's 8-2.0. and 2. Evan Mobley, same thing. You're talking about a seven-foot guy that has the versatility of a wing and can really play. And positionless basketball, okay, great. But at the end of the day, if you got a big that can get a bucket, you, you scheme for that, right? You execute that, and, and Phoenix did that excellently last night. Tell us where to get tickets again, the dates. I want everybody jumping on this fast. Get your tickets today or tomorrow so you can plan your summer. Go ahead. No doubt. You get tickets at UNOVTickets.com or NBAEvents.com. Thomas and Mac box office or for the locals, call 702-739-FANS. Do get your tickets in advance so you don't have to worry about the heat or it's selling out. Uh, we do plan on selling out. Obviously, the first couple nights are going to be huge, and that second weekend will be a big-time weekend now with all of the talent in the building. Good to see you, my brother. I'll see you out there a lot. You know that. Thanks for doing this.
You the man, JT. Appreciate the support, buddy. You got it. Albert Hall. Hall Pass Media, one of the founders behind Summer League. And you see him. He's the guy who walks LeBron James to his seat, walks Floyd Mayweather to his seat, walks the owners, Jerry West, to their seats courtside. It's incredible. You know, we got a big audience here streaming the show outside of Las Vegas. People listening back east and you're listening in the Bay Area or L.A. Come on out to NBA Summer League. It's incredible. And it's really hot. And you want to get your tickets now because you want to get in there and cool off. And it's fantastic. Again, they were my babysitter for about four or five years. My wife and I would drop the kids off there. We felt like we'd give them a little responsibility so they could do it. You know, they're 10, 8 years old, 12, 10, 14, 12. Give them a 20 each for pizza and soda, and they'd be there for eight, nine hours, and we'd pick them up, take them home. They'd get in the pool, and they'd tell us, show us all their autographs. Dad, look who I got. Look look whose autograph I got. I got. It was great. So for parents, this is really good entertainment for kids. Summer League in Las Vegas, August 8th through the 17th. 702-365-9200 as we continue on here. Uh, Watching France and Portugal tied at two in the Euro 2020. Really good game. Ronaldo going up against Mbappe and Pogba. This is a fantastic global game. Uh, Carl Nassib was the story this week. I'm going to have a lot more on that. I'm leaving the show here in about 20 minutes, heading on down to the Raiders. I'll be at the Raiders for a couple of hours, and everybody in the building is doing business except the players and the coaches who are on vacation, but the sales staff, media, everybody at Silver and Black Productions, Eric Allen, Aaron Coscarelli, Lincoln Kennedy, all in town. We're knocking out TV shows and podcasts, uh, getting ahead of the season. Great time to be a Raider fan. I listened to Clay and Pritch today, and they had Vinny Bonsignor on. It was a really good interview, and Vinny was talking about the depth of the roster now and some of the issues that are in front of us. Will Damon Arnett not start and try to compete for slot cornerback against Amik Robertson? Who could play that position at slot corner, which is really important? So is Arnett going to get the wake-up call? How is John Abram going to play as a box safety with a Trayvon Merrick behind him? I like that, but they're two young guns. Not a lot of experience between them, but I like their skill set. And then what's going to happen up front on that offensive line? In Tom Cable, we trust that Tom Cable can get these players to play at a level. Maybe not at the level of Rodney Hudson, but why not at the level of Gabe Jackson? I like Gabe. Gabe was a good player. Gabe wasn't a pro bowler. Gabe wasn't this elite superstar player. He was very good. But everybody else can step up. Richie Incognito is back. Colt Miller on the left side. And Alex Leatherwood, who's going to start, projected to start. And then Kenyon Drake. I'll tell you one thing. Remember last year the Raiders had first and goal at the four with Marcus Mariota, and they didn't get in and they settled for a field goal? Not this year. First and goal at the four with Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs. Then you uh, you can put him in the – you can kind of line him up on the outside, but – you can put him in the backfield if you want. You like Alec Ingold at goal line. But what happens if you bring in Drake and you put him in motion? And then you got Hunter Renfro running a slant, a five-yard slant over the middle, real low to the ground. And Waller is running a corner route and then sliding inside on a fake reverse as Henry Ruggs third. Got to score, right? First and goal at the five. I just gave you five options. Josh, Drake, Ruggs, Waller. Renfro, or you can throw a a jump ball to Edwards. 
I mean, this is going to work, right? I mean, there's no more problem with them getting the ball in the end zone, in the red zone. I just lined up all of these weapons for you, and that doesn't even include some of the other receivers that came in who are supposed to be impact receivers who can make plays instantly like John Brown and Willie Sneed. I mean, how many players do you need that can make plays in the red zone? But can Carr run away from trouble with a new offensive line and while he's running, step and throw, throw on an angle and throw a couple of legendary touchdown passes? Why wouldn't he? He's in the prime of his career. Johnny Katz on the opening of Resorts World next. What's up, people? I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Carl Natsup will spend more time talking about Carl tomorrow and the week that was and his announcement on his own Instagram account that he's gay and number one selling jersey for a few days. Everybody talking about it from the Today Show to CNN, every major news outlet talking about Carl Nassib. Johnny Katzalamidis joins us at Johnny Katz, the daily columnist for the Review Journal. Uh, John, before we get to Resorts World, let's talk about the Carl Nassib news. You're good friends with Mark Davis over the last couple of years. Big deal, and it's connected to the Las Vegas Raiders, and it's a global story. Yeah, uh, it's uh, kind of, you know, you never know where news is going to come from, right? <laughs> I, I just, it was so simple. And uh, such a simple statement to make. And here we are in 2021, and it sends this ripple across the country. Um, I will say that, if, uh, uh, you know, if I know, the, the Mark Davis I know and the Raiders that I've gotten to know in, in, uh, in Las Vegas are very inclusive and very, uh, very welcoming. Uh, they have a family-type atmosphere. They always talk about this with their alumni and their current stars. And I think even Derek Carr has, has made mention of this. And you're in. When you're a Raider, you're, you're in. You know, you are you are part of, and whatever you you know, if you if you stand you stand for something as long as nobody's getting harmed, they're with you, and uh, it's very interesting. I'll see how this uh, how the community responds in Las Vegas. I, you know, we have I feel a very inclusive city yes. in Las Vegas, and and a, a very strong uh, uh, you know a gay community here. I cover the uh, that um, uh, culture all the time, and uh, so we'll see. You know, I was I was very. Um, you know, it's just it caught me by surprise that you kind of the, the announcement and it's the response to the announcement uh, in this day and age. But, um, you know, more power to him and more power to the Raiders for, for uh, being who they are. Absolutely. Johnny Katz joins us. All right. Let's get to the opening of Resorts World. Let's put this in a big global perspective. There's not many casinos this size, this much money behind it, this much acreage. And they're coming out of a pandemic and they're going big. I know you've seen the property, you've walked it. What can you tell us about the grand opening tomorrow night? Well, I can tell you my legs are still sore from walking. <laughs> it was a two-and-a-half-hour adventure over there at Resorts World. I will say this, folks. Uh, it's the scale, at least, of the MGM Grand. Uh, it's got some real refinement. That's one thing I'll, I'll tell you. The, the, the finishings and the fixtures and everything about the, the design of the place is very clean. And I just keep saying refined. It's a beautiful, big place. Uh, a lot of it reminded me kind of uh, with the, there's some sunlight coming into that place, especially in the convention area that reminded me a lot of Aria and, and the Wynn Encore mm -hmm. that people are going to be impressed by. 
but I'm going to say it's technically, uh, technologically advanced. You know, you have a QR code for, uh, you know, access to, um, to your, your bank at the gaming tables that you can set up. It's very in- innovative. I think they're going to um, uh, create a, a, maybe a younger gaming demographic because of that. Uh, you know, people who are used to doing everything on their phone will be able to do that right at the in the casino floor. Um, I'm excited about their theater uh, lineup of uh, headliners. The theater at Resorts World is uh, beginning with uh, Celine Dion in November. I think they parked it there. I think the four that they've got announced um, cover all the bases, and they've timed their opening right. Celine Dion opening in November. You've got uh, Carrie Underwood uh, alongside the NFR uh followed by Katy Perry over New Year's and uh, Luke Bryan on Super Bowl weekend. So, you know, they, they've got it matched up. And uh, I didn't get a chance to see the theater itself. It's still under still a construction zone, but it's supposed to be staggering. And uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest. I'm, I'm really excited after what I saw yesterday, and, and I'm going in tomorrow night to see it uh, at full tilt. Johnny Katz joins us. What I think is interesting, too, Scott Sabella, who we know, and his vision for gaming and service here, what do you expect from a service perspective when you're competing in a town with the MGM brand and especially Win Encore and all the high-end brands here in town? This is supposed to be the best service I'm hearing, not only in Vegas but around the world, considering their track record at Resorts World. Well, they've got it. They, they get you uh, on both ends. They they catch you uh, with you know, like I said, with the with uh, having you in their database right away in their in their. Uh, they're kind of tiered um, rewards program right as you get on the uh, on the property. When you when you check, you're going to be in uh, in um, uh, in the system immediately, so they can find you electronically. And uh, you know, Scott's a, a Las Vegas native and came out of UNLV and has been along the strip in multiple resorts, and he understands the nuances of the of customer service and instills them in his in his employees. So you've got that you know that kind of a that personal uh, you know walk around the property uh, touch. Even at a place like this, that has so many entry points. Um, you know, I just think uh, the thing about Resorts World is its scale. That's the thing that I keep looking at, how big mm-hmm. it is and how much it, you know, we're talking about a, a nine, you know, like a, like a $4.3 billion, 88-acre project coming out of pandemic. And you just have to prove that there's the market for it right now. And did it feel that big, Johnny Katz? Did it feel that big, or what? Did it feel? I'll be there with you tomorrow night. Did it feel intimate, or did it feel like when you walked in and from all the angles that it was just massive? And it takes you a while. It's going to take a couple of trips through the casino and the resort to get to know the place. You know, it's 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 four different almost properties in one with the Conrad Hilton. Uh, you know, the the different um, hotel towers. I will say this. That it, it feels when you walk end to end as if, you know, when you walk into the Port of Cachere at MGM Grand, you go all the way back to the Grand Garden Arena, that you, you feel that walk. That's how I felt when I was walking through this place. But they've also sectioned it off to each each experience that you were in does feel intimate. So you're probably going to go. I can see myself coming into the to the to the south entrance, for example, and doing a left hand turn into doghouse and just hanging there for two hours and then leaving. You know, not even having to deal with the rest of the the property, and that's a place I'm excited about. Doghouse is going to have nightly live music, and that's where their sports book is. So I see that happening. I think you're going to find a pocket of that place that you're going to like. You're going to find, uh, you know, uh, the the uh, the restaurant that you like, or the um, sh- you know whatever the shopping experience. You're going to do that and do that, and try not to take it in all at once. This is going to take multiple visits to really get your uh, your brain around. Yeah. 
Johnny Katz, as we wrap it up, what I find most unique here is coming out of a pandemic, the nightclub scene in Vegas is so enormous, and the disaster at the Palms, even though it's new ownership now when we're rooting for them, when they reopened the nightclub and the pool and blew hundreds of millions of dollars, Resorts World comes out, and I, I was just at the new day club and the pool at Virgin, as you were, and they knocked mm-hmm. that out of the park. That was fantastic. I was blown away at the front pool and the back pool is amazing, but this pool and this nightclub at Resorts World is second, third, fifth level, and they're expecting a lot of bodies coming through that resort property, which is going to be really unique. What's the rest of the strip, Johnny? Think about this. Is everybody else nervous with the opening of Circa and the opening of Resorts World that they're going to gobble up all these big players? Well, I keep hearing Victor Dre say what he's been saying for years is that competing properties have been overspending for superstar DJs for years, and then we found that to be the case. At, at the Palms and at Chaos, you know, and I kept, that was going through my mind when I was looking at that pool deck, you know, the, the fact that uh, Chaos, you know, the, the Fertitas admitted that they had overspent, overreached with oh. their uh, with their DJ program and Marshmallow and, and, the, uh, and Cardi B out there. But they're going for it and they're giving themselves the best chance to succeed, you know, with the Tiesto and Zed is, are, the, are the two, you know, big names out there. Uh, and they've got some other events planned on their pool deck. I am... Um, I will say it's a bold move, and uh, you know, again, mm. we'll find out if the market is going to accept it. But we've got major DJ programs going on, and in, in you know, the upgraded Tau Group, with Steve Aoki and Cascade, and, and Win Nightlife has had a huge uh, program in order with uh, Chain Smokers and David Guetta, and a whole. So you know, it, we think that it's abated, but it really hasn't coming out of out of pandemic. It, we still have that huge volume of, of superstar DJs at these big, big pool annexes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll see if the market can, again, we'll, we'll see if the public will, will, uh, will support it. I, I am really curious about that myself. All right, my friend. I will see you. A breaking news tomorrow night. I know they wanted everybody to wear to the opening red and breaking news Mm -hmm. jt the brick doesn't own anything red i I told my (laughs) wife i go i don't have a red button down i don't have a red coat i have i have i have a red tie and i don't want to be in a tie tomorrow and i don't want to be a little bit loose so i I, do i have to be in will johnny cats be in red tomorrow on the red carpet guess guess what i picked up sunday my red jacket because i'm with you i don't have much red i've got a couple of red shirts but I, I don't i don't delve into red i'm a blue guy i like blue so i, I have a new red jacket i'll be out there with a blazing crimson i'll tell you that i will sounds follow, good I'll, 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 see, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow night with the jod have a great night thanks for coming on buddy <laughs> you got it gt take care there he is johnny Katz. why did we do 15 minutes on the opening of resorts world are you out of your mind it's the it's a four point the stadium costs 1.9 billion all right, let's round it up to two. This is over $4.5 billion to our economy just on the real estate and opening this tomorrow night. So it opens to the general public at 11 p.m. I'm sure you'll get there over the weekend to check it out. A lot of people historically in Vegas since I came here in the mid-90s, they love to see the grand opening of a casino. It's kind of like a holiday in town, and everybody in this community supports that. If it's Derek Stevens, with Circa at that opening, if it's Boz over at Virgin, which they had two of them, which I loved. And by the way, I'll be at the fight Saturday night, Lomachenko. Lomachenko Saturday night at the theater at the Hard Rock. We're supposed to have Bob Aram on tomorrow, the Hall of Fame 
Hall of Fame promoter tomorrow to promote that fight. But I'm really pulling for Resorts World. I want that property to do well because a lot of friends come out here and visit, and there's all price points in this city for people to stay and have a good time. Wild show today, Bobby. It went in a bunch of different directions. I'm happy you were here today, Bobby. I was worried about you last night. You usually don't run too many hockey games that end up 4-1. to one. You're used to uh, running games that are 5-2, 6-3, So rough night last night, huh? I'm also used to running games where the team has a little bit of energy and goes into the opposing Ooh. zone and gets into the corners and digs out those pucks and crashes the net and whatnot. That was a post-game show with Ryan, the hockey guy. Was it a rough one? Not so rough. You know, we actually got no. a lot of callers. Uh, a lot of people were very positive. We we're going to do it, blah, blah, blah. And, well, we'll good. see. He does, a, he does a really good job. I'm happy the fans call him, and, and they're optimistic, and they're not throwing in the towel. This is the biggest story in town. Sorry, everybody. It's Carl Nassib. We covered that, and it's the Golden Knights, and then it's summer. And we got summer hours, and we got summer content, and we talked to guys like Johnny Katz and hockey. And if hockey goes away... We got to find something else to talk about because I'm not talking hockey when the Golden Knights get eliminated. I could promise you that. Little bit nope. of scores because you imagine us having to cover Tampa Bay and Montreal. Ugh. No. Oh, I I've been brought to I've been brought to the promised land with this hockey team, thinking that there was another cup run. Please do not, please do not tease me and tell me it could be Montreal, Tampa Bay. You I know, didn't get that memo. They they can do whatever they want. You know, once the Golden Knights are out, it's baseball season. Yeah, well. You know, my, my Red fan. Sox are still first place, a game and a half up on Tampa Bay. It's going to be a good night tonight. Well, I'll tell you, that scam artist is in town, Dave Cabell, that carnival barker from the Oakland A's Uh-oh. and his owner. They're running around town begging Vegas to look at him for Major League Baseball. A lot oh, of people nah. in town have not put together two and two and adding up to four. If no one understands what the A's – did to and wanted to do to the Raiders? Okay. Check out your alignment strategy going forward. That, to me, is a big, big story that a lot of people are missing out on. If you want baseball that badly, take it from me. You don't want the Oakland A's in Vegas. I can't especially. See- I, I'm, I can't see this town spending another $2 billion for another uh, baseball stadium. We can afford any. We can build, we can build anything here. No, that's not the problem. The point is, is that, A, it wouldn't work, and ownership is terrible. These guys are terrible owners. Then they couldn't even fig- they can't even trip over themselves in the Bay Area, in the East Bay, copy the Giants, and build a new stadium in the East Bay where there's trillions of dollars from Oracle to Facebook to Apple, all that money there, all that real estate. And oh, by the way, it's on the water. It's on the water, and they can't figure it out. Yeah, putting a baseball stadium in Henderson, that'll work. Silver Knights beat you there first, Dave Cavill. Go back to Oakland and figure it out and keep selling root beer floats. Put that in a promo in 3, 2, and 1. Have a great day. Thanks to all of our partners. Head on out to Grimaldi's. Best pizza I've ever had. You can have a great pizza party and watch the Golden Knights tomorrow night. Thanks to Johnny Katz. Thanks to Albert Hall for jumping in. Hey, we had some really cool guests today. Once a Raider, always a Raider. That was a lot of fun with Rick Bonus. Enjoy the day, everyone. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.